chapter 3, book of Amos, chapter 3. Not preach too much out of it. I love that little book. It's a great little book of the Bible. And I got my text there this morning, for this morning. Amos, chapter 3. <clears throat> Bless the Lord. Thank you for another time. We meet here at the house of God for worship in spirit and in truth. We pray, God, that you lead and direct us now, Lord. Help us, O oh God, with our preaching. Help us to have boldness, clearness of speech, and God have the right burden upon our hearts for your people and for the ministry in general. In Jesus' name we pray and ask it. Amen and amen. Amos 3, we'll read one verse. Verse 3. Amos 3 and verse 3. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Can two walk together except they be agreed? That's the title of my message and the text of the message. Amen. Amos 3 and verse 3. I wanted to say that China and America right now are in agreement. It would be like seeing the devil and the Bible's in agreement. Right. Amen? It would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. You've got people saying that. And you've got people in churches saying that their church is in agreement with God when they know better. Right. They know there's people just not, they don't really want to fall in line with the Lord. <laughs> Amen? Right. I'm not talking about people that are sick and out like that. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about people that are able and they have the ability to come to the house of God claim to be a Born again, uh, blood-washed child of God, and they preach with the Bible of the church when they want to, not when, when God tells them to. Amen? Amen. And if you do it just when you want to, you're not in agreement with the Lord. And the Bible teaches right here, you can't walk with God not like that. You're not in agreement with the Lord. You can't, what it says there, can two walk together except they be agreed? No, you can't. You can't do that. Any more than a man and a woman getting married and not in agreement with anything. They'll soon break apart in their life. They won't stay together. Because the Bible says you're one flesh when you get married. But it's called man shall leave his mother and father the, and cleave him to his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. Amen. 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 That's, it's a mystery. And, 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 and godliness is a mystery, the Bible says. And when you leave the, the devil and the flesh, and you are joined together with the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Christ, you become one. You're one in God. Amen. Is there any reason why you don't want to do what God wants you to do then? Think about that. It's as plain as the nose on your face, isn't it? Yeah. It's always been like that with me ever since the day I got saved 48 years ago. Amen. Amen. Called a preacher. I believe I called, I got called that week, I think. I know I did. I started preaching right off the bat. And so I, lost, I was 29. I'd lost a lot of time, so God helped me make it up. And I started right off, right off the bat, uh, preaching the Word of God and talking to people about Jesus. Amen. But think about this. It's a very... Uh, a very potent text. I'm telling you right now, buddy. It's got power in this text here. Amen. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Now, we're supposed to be one, so we'll be walking with God, aren't we? Mm -hmm. And tell what it's talking about. Right. Talking about you and Christ. Paul said, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Right. They're not saved without the Holy Ghost. Spirit of Christ, Holy Ghost, Spirit of God. It's all the same person. It's the Spirit of God. God the, Son, God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. That's the triune Godhead. They're all God, yet they're a separate uh, personality, but they're all God. Right. One God. Amen. Jesus said, God's a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. That's what we're here today for, to worship in spirit and in truth. Now, if you're out of, if you're out of uh, sorts with the Lord, you can't even have a good worship here today mm -hmm. until you get right with God. That's a fact. You cannot worship God when you're not walking with him right now. You can't. You cannot. You know, he'll not hear your prayer. You won't. Yeah, you won't. But anyway, I know when I worked at Ford Motor Company, I'm along the same line of thought. 
I worked at Ford for 30 years, and there were times that Ford and the United Auto Workers just didn't get in agreement with one another. They were wanting something that we just didn't want to give them. They want, maybe they want to cut our rate, you know. That's one good thing about having a, a union. There's some things about a union I don't like at all. There's some things about a union. The man didn't have me get run the ground. He get walked all over. I know that because I've worked for non-union places and I've worked for unions. And, and a good union is good for the men. Before they had unions, they worked, worked children. Uh, they didn't give them hardly anything at all for their work. And they worked them 10, 12 hours a day. And they didn't give them hardly anything. My daddy's in that crowd back, back in the 20s. And you would hear some of them talk about how they work. And they couldn't even go use a restroom. They had to use a restroom on the line. Right on the line. And when old Henry Ford, when he, when he first started his plants, he did that. They had, I was seeing on railroad shops, and they had our restroom right on the line. You step off the line into there. They, they wanted to have you walk on all the creation, get there and back. They want every bit of the time they get out of there. It's changed a lot since my day even. And my daddy's day was back, he was born in 17. And he, uh, he was back there where they didn't have any child labor law or nothing. And so unions are good, but they've gotten, they've got, they've got too much money. Yeah. Money, what preps everything, prep the church. Yeah. You get too much money on hand and you got somebody's got a little sleaziness about them, they'll, they'll dip their finger into the teal. They'll do it, they do it. I don't know how many people I've known in churches got, they got, Got him for embezzlement. Embezzlement money. I'm going to, I don't want to have time to spend my time on that. I've got a lot of that in my head. I've seen over the 40 years I've been pastor and 48 years almost I've been preaching. And so I've, I've seen a lot of things happen. I really haven't. So this is a strong text here. But when you go out, if you listen to this, you go out here today, it's different than your mind. I guarantee you, your heart. Can two walk together? Except they'd be a great choice. The, the, the agreement with God is, is a must. You can't walk with him unless you're agreed. And if you're agreed, then you ain't gonna, you're not going to balk against the word of God when it's preached. You're not going to go out all mad because the preacher preached something that got on your toes. It got in the hole. You've been hiding from God for a long time. And it made your presence available to the Lord. Even though he knows where you're at anyway. But he wants a preacher to do it. That's, that's his business. I don't know why God works the way he works. But you know, the UAW would get... They get uh, all confused with Ford, and first thing you know, we were walking out the door, striking. Mm -hmm. We struck. Now, I don't think they had any strikes there for a long time. I think they even the union got so rotten they're compromising and everything <coughs> and doing that of what they want to do because it's not near as good a plan out here that it was when I was there. It was hard work, but it was, it was a good job. And they had good rules, and uh, they stood up to the agreements that we had, the contracts we had with them. And you don't have to worry about this contract here going bad. Amen. Amen. And when you, when you get saved, you enter into a contract with God. Amen. You enter into agreement with God that God is done. And you're just a created. And God is a creator. And he is a savior. Hallelujah. You enter into that. Right. You enter into you become one with Jesus. Yeah. Amen. I want to tell you something. A marriage that hadn't entered in and loving one another and, and become one place. Uh, you know, if you have to, I've been married for 54 years. <laughs> And uh, I know people probably been married a lot longer than that. But 54 years is a lot. It's, a half, it's over half a century. It's a long time. I married you, which is 19. I was 23. And, and we have never, there have never been one time we talked about divorce. Buddy, and I was lost when I got married. She was too. But we knew our old people, when they got married, they stayed together. My right, Christine, they ain't divorced. You'd have divorce like you have today. You'd have one every once in a while, but divorce is looked upon worse than anything in the community. Well, we're, now they advertise it on television. Right. Mm -hmm. We're living in bad times. 
I believe, I'm going to tell you what I believe. I believe we're right exactly where the earth was when God said he looked upon all the face of the earth and the entire earth was corrupt before him. And one man found grace in God's sight and that was uh, Noah. I believe we're there because he said be like the days of Noah when he comes back. I believe we have arrived. We can time man. I don't want to go up on that. Boy, I tell you, I can preach all day on that. Amen. But we are out on strike. You know, some churches today, I believe, have struck and are in disagreement with the Word of God and are on strike. Yeah. <coughs> Amen. Yeah. They've walked out. I, I ain't going to tell you the name of the church, the church right now. It's going through that in the little area right now. And they got, they got worldly. I told them years ago, I said, you need to straighten up right there. Good-sized church. And... Uh, I said, you don't need to straighten that mess up out there. Quit letting them be so worldly. And get them little praise girls off the platform and start preaching that book. Mm -hmm. Amen. Get back to the old-fashioned way of preaching the Word of God. Yeah. Praise, praise, praise. Look at like a bunch of ballerinas up there doing all that stuff. And wearing their own shorts to church. My God, ain't that awful? Yeah. I mean, they've got they haven't had any standards. If you don't have standards, you don't have much in a church. When a preacher loves everything and everything going in the house of God, he doesn't have much. And you can look at it, it's going to be a strike pretty soon in a church like that. Especially when a man hunts preaching. If he's holding his agreement with the Lord and doing what he's supposed to do, then buddy, it's up to the congregation to do the same thing. Am I right to say amen? It's the truth. That's what this, this text is all about right here. Amen. And that, that church that I'm talking about has struck. I learned some. Some of those people went to a preacher friend of mine's church in Louisville. He got some up. And then I heard yesterday that the pastor has left now. Got in an old big mess like that and had a lot of talk and left it. Uh, God ought to kick his rear end. He probably will. I've done that. He allowed all that to get like that. He got in a miserable shape. And people have been there. And I talked to friends of mine. Come to my camp. They've been there 40 some years. And they've gone to. They've been in a good, pretty good church now. They've left too. And I'm telling you, it happens. I'm telling you. If that keeps on, that church will be, there will be nothing left. When I started this work, and I didn't mean to get into this, I started this work on November the 8th, 1981. 40 years of Monday, past Monday. And uh, some, a lot of our people were out of town on vacation, things, so we held it till this weekend to have it. Had the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the, the service, you know, commemorating our uh, birth of uh, the Good Shepherd Baptist Church uh, in uh, November the 8th, 1981. When we started there, Metropol uh, Metropolitan Baptist Church down on Preston Highway was a big church, good church. Uh, Brother Horace Nutt used to pastor. He's on my ordination. He's dead, been dead for years, but he ran about 300 there. Claude Knight's a good friend of mine. I think he's dead now, too. He was there. He ran about 700 there. Big church right there. Big, nice uh, parsonage and big bus garage. And, I mean, they had everything going for them. And it was gone. It's gone now. It's not even there. They left it. What they had left, left and went out. It's like a cult and didn't do anything. And the church shut down. Somebody bought it all. They went a whole city block there where they were at. They owned it all. Lord, somebody got it now. Beth Haven, bigger than that, buddy. They run up 1,500, 2,000 people. I'm telling you, they did. That was back in when I got first got saved. When I started this church, they were still going good. They're gone. They ain't nothing there. They ain't no church there. That can happen. That can't happen. I'll tell you, when the church, when the, the ecclesia, the called out assembly, I mean, it, it's, it, when it comes together the way it is, you don't have that kind of problem. But when they're scattered here and there, and they're not real tight with the Lord, so to speak, buddy, you look out, there'll be a bust in that church for long. 
Amen. Sometimes you have people leave, you know, rather than stay where they know they're not satisfied. They ain't satisfied because they're not, uh, you know why they're not satisfied? Because they're not sanctified. That word sanctified means to be set apart. That's what it means. Separate. Separation and sanctification are very closely knit. But sanctification, God has, you get sanctified by the word of God. That's right. Jesus, his word sanctifies you. It sets you apart. It sets you apart from the world and the worldly functions and the worldly dress, the worldly actions, everything about the world. The Bible says, to love not the world, even the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. It's not in you, you're not saved. Boy, that's strong preaching, ain't it? Some people get mad at that and say, he ain't got no business. Don't tell me I don't have no business preaching the word of God. I preach before somebody who ain't born. I have every right to preach the word of God. God called me to preach the word of God. I'd be scared to death if I didn't preach it. I'd be afraid he'd take me out of here. He might take me on home right now. But that wouldn't bother me either. Not one bit, but it bothered me. Amen. But I like to preach. And I'm going to try to preach the word of God. I don't care if it hire lips the devil. Matter of fact, I hope it does hire lips. Amen. Amen. Praise God. But some churches have struck and are in disagreement with the word of God. They've broken the contract that they made with God. You mean the contract you made? If you really got saved, you made a contract that you turned from your sins. Amen. That don't mean that you're not going to be tempted in this flesh. That don't mean that. But what it does mean, when you get saved, you got somebody to help you with that. You got the Holy Ghost, and you got a perfect person inside. John said that our spirit, once we're saved, is as pure as God is. In other words, it's got to be as pure as God, or it couldn't go to heaven when you die. Right. Right. Nothing that defiles can't get into heaven. Amen. That's why his body goes back to the ground, go back to where it came from. But this spirit and soul goes to be with the Lord. And there's a walk around body waiting for you up there. But we know that this earthly house, with this tabernacle, where it is all, uh, we have a house in heaven. Uh, yes. Not made by man, but by God, ready for us to put on, wire around in heaven. It's yes. our walk around body when we get home. Before the resurrection. Hallelujah. Well, I'm looking forward to that. I don't know about you. I'm looking forward to it. Now, here's another thing. If, you, if you're bothered about going to heaven, you better check on, examine yourself like Paul said, see whether you've been in faith or not. Because it shouldn't scare you about dying and going to heaven. I mean, you might not want to get a boat blown up and go right now, but, but you really worried if it comes to what? That's the thing. I'm, I'm, I like my life. I do. I enjoy being in my family. I live enjoy church. Enjoy pastoring. I do. Enjoy working for the Lord. My life, I enjoy it. But if God called me home right now, I'd say, ship me out. Amen. I'm ready to go. I've been there before. I thought I, I thought I got killed twice. I didn't go back into that. I thought I died twice. I thought I was getting ready to die twice. Heart attack and, and a bad wreck. And I thought I was, I was going to, oh, I thought, I, forget, I didn't say God opened the gates, let us in. Spend <laughs> my life. We had a wreck, bad wreck. Three times, rolled over. I said, Lord, don't let us mangle, don't mangle us up. Especially my wife. I said, won't you just hold my gates right now and let us in? I did. I'm telling you, I did. And all of a sudden, that old, that old truck went boom, right upright. Told it was upright. That told it was too. And I thought it was going to go to heaven. I was ready. My wife was. You see what I'm saying? Some people are scared to death think about dying. Now, you want, to, you want to get along with God to get in this book or something to find out what your problem is and get right with God. You don't want to live like that. You don't want to live like that. Amen. John 15, verse 4. He said, Abide in me, and I in you. There it is. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. Now, Jesus is the vine. We're the, we're the branches. Amen. Jesus is the vine. We get our sustenance from him. 
We get everything we need as Christians comes right from the Lord, from the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, Spirit of Christ. And we're to abide in Him. Amen. Now I think that word abide there speaks to the flesh as well as the, more so than anything. Because the flesh is what you're walking in. But you're living in the spirit. But you've got to use your soul body. You know, walk, physically walk, physically talk, you know, physically hear, physically eat, everything is in this body of flesh. And the spirit is all should be all the should be should be all the uh, all the uh, the uh, help that you need with that outward person, the spirit of Christ. Note learning how to give in to the Lord and let him have his way with you. And that's what that word abide means, let God have full control. Abide in him. Are you abiding in the Lord today? You ought to ask, you that, uh, ask yourself that question. Are you abiding in the Lord today? Well, if you're in disagreement, you ain't going to. You know And get, you know what puts you in disagreement more than anything? Than anything. a man of God be preaching the word of God to you and he hits in the... It's in the hollow log where you've been hiding, amen, and reveals to you your problem and what you're doing that's wrong, and you get mad and go, don't stop out. <coughs> One day I was preaching along this line right here. A woman I never met before in my life, a little, bo little, little boy that was. I said about middle ways. She's come up and I met him out here. I stand up there. It was in the summertime. She said, well, I'm so glad to be here. I said, well, I'm glad to be, for you to be here. I said, what's your name? She told me. I said, well, go and make yourself at home. She come in and talk to some women. Sit down over there. I got started. And you know, like I did, have some singing. I got preaching, and I didn't get in the middle ways of my message. She grabbed little boys, stabbed You can see what you know, you read her lips, stabbed took off after you there, and I haven't seen her since. She might be dead in hell right now. You don't do the message of the man of God like that when he's God's man, preaching the word of God. See, Jesus said, In as much as you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. You've done dispute to the God, uh, to the uh, Lord God, and I'm in danger, hellfire, when you do that kind of stuff. Right. A lot of times, it's a lost person that does that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, a saved person can't go to hell. They can't go to hell. Uh, they can make their life uh, I live in hell. They're not careful, but they can't go to hell in the spirit and soul. Once you're saved, you're saved forever, Amen. for eternity. Amen. Yeah. But you should have some kind of leadership in your life of the Lord if you're saved. Amen. You're love the Lord. You're love preaching. You're love. I love fellowship. I think that's over half worship fellowship with God's people. I really do. But that's a different message. Let me go on. When we agree in the Lord, we're this then that we're in one mind and one accord. You can't be in one mind and one accord with the Lord in His church unless you're in agreement with Him. You cannot be there. You can't. That's why some of these churches are just like a. Uh, turn out in the yo-yo they're going up and down all the time they don't know where, which way to go amen they don't know what to believe they have a preacher that's using two or three different copies of, of the Bible they ain't the one that's King James Bible as far as I'm concerned but there's some of them that preach out of King James a little bit and then they preach out of the non-inspired version I call the NIV they'll preach out of that they'll preach out of the living Bible I'm telling you to do it say, now this is what the so-and-so said I've heard independent Baptist preachers years back and did that I never did agree with that you're either a King James Bible person or you're not. You're either light or you're darkness, one or the other. Amen. 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 You're either a subject of God or a subject of Satan. One or the other. You can't do everything at once. You can't do it. I pray that we solve that today with this message. I'm going to have to get going here. Amen. Get on the right track. Amen. But uh, we, we can't be agreed with the Savior when we have a carnal behavior. Hmm? You can't do it. You cannot live for God, you're lost. Can't do it. Can't do it. You might put on a dog a little while, but it won't last long. Right. You'll show yourself. You with what you are. 
Amen. God's got ways of you showing yourself. Amen. One is you just hit and miss, go when you feel like it. That's carnal. Mm-hmm. You see, that shows that you're more involved in this flesh than you are the Lord. You're more involved in the world than you are in the work of the Lord. Amen. And so you certainly don't have a, a spiritual behavior when you act like that. But uh, you have a carnal behavior. And you can't be agreed with a Savior with a carnal behavior. And number three, I find whenever we agree with the Word of God, this, this world will call us odd. Aren't they? When you're really in total agreement with the Word of God, the world will call you odd. Ain't they odd? They go to church every church. Ain't that odd? I heard they give a, that people give 10% of their money to the Lord. Isn't that odd? Oh, I heard my old daddy one time. So I'll tell you right now. I told the guy I was witnessing the time. I like one of these old friends that got saved. An old drunk, he got saved, started serving the Lord, come visit my daddy and my dad. So I'll tell you right now, if I got saved, I become a Christian, I'll never give 10% of my check to the church. First week he got saved, he tithed to the Lord. I did the same thing. I didn't say that though, but I tithe. We started tithing. Then my brother, the first week we were saved, Amen. we don't tithe on the net. We tithe on the gross. What we make is what we tithe on. Some of them get some of them get more than Social Security than the Lord. Amen. It's the truth. You tithe the hard preacher. I know it's hard, but you need it. The work of the Lord goes on with a tithe and with an offering. By the way, you can't give an offering until you give the tithe. Tithe belongs to God. The offering belongs to you. See what I'm saying? Yep. Difference, there, ain't it? Yep. Amen. Difference. Praise God. So, when, whenever we give, whenever we agree with the Word of God, this this uh, this world will call us odd, and we are called. We're called peculiar people, aren't we? Peculiar and odd mean the same thing. Doesn't mean the same thing. We're peculiar people, zealous of good works. Amen. Good works encourage us. Amen. Then number four, to walk with Jesus and be agreed, you. Must be born with a godly seed. Amen. A godly seed. That's the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Amen. You're born by and into the Spirit of God. Amen. What do you think? I don't think stronger than that. I'll tell you, you think Arnold Duncan would have quit his drinking many years ago? Just because I wanted to? Nah, his whole flesh wouldn't have done that. I, and and my, my drinking and my poker playing, I can do it one hand. Yeah. I, that's the way I looked. I was a whirling redneck out of East Kentucky. Grew up like that. Grew up carrying moonshine with a gallon down the steel. Bottling it up, helping jarring it up in mason jars. Yeah. That's the way I was raised down in East Kentucky. You know, the Virginia and West Virginia line. Been there. Amen. Yeah, it took something better. It took something stronger. It took something stronger than anything else in this world to straighten me up. And that was yeah. God. God's Spirit come in. He abides in me. Hallelujah. Yes. I mean, that day I got saved, I changed completely. Amen. Never had a desire. I didn't have a heart. I've had people as Christians. Boy, I had a hard time. I was still wanting to drink. There's something wrong with you. God took my thirst for my liquor out of me. Thirst for my smoking left. Thirst for cussing all, all left. I was a new, Bible says if any man be in Christ. If any man be in Christ. If, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things pass away. All things become new. Right. That's plain, isn't it? Yeah. That's what happened to me. I say, praise God for it. I wouldn't want to be back the way I was. No way. No way that I want to be back the way I was. Let me get into the thrust of the message now. It's 15 to 12. I can't let you out too early anyway. Some people said, still, they're working on that food out there. And if I let you out too early, you'd be standing out there having to smell it, can't you? Do they say you're ready? I don't know. 
So, on this last half here, I'm going to really get into it. <coughs> Number one, you cannot walk with God and the flesh at the same time. Right. Can't do it. You can't do it. Be like this here. I just illustrate that like this here. <coughs> here's the world, and here's the church right here. Here's what you'd be walking. Now, they had a word for that, and, uh, for that back home when I was growing up. They called it cockeyed. It's hanging cockeyed. He's walking cockeyed. How many of y'all remember that old saying? That's an old mountain saying. He's walking cockeyed. And actually, we got a lot of cockeyed badges today that are in the church, honey. I'm telling you right now. I've had my share of pass through this church. If I had the people here that I started out with, and all the people on all these 40 years, I'd have to have a church that's seen a thousand. What happened to them? They're in a lot of these churches around Louisville. Yeah, in LaGrange. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm a church supplier. God preaches their pulpit supply. They call them, they go in filling up the preacher when he's on vacation. I'm a church supplier. I put people in other churches. Just study Deal Moody's uh, life and his autobiography. He had thousands and thousands in other churches in the Chicago area. And his church run about 300. And he and, and his uh, and his biography on him said he was responsible for at least maybe 100,000 people getting saved under his ministry. Think about that. It happens. Amen. Yeah, let me go on. I said, you cannot walk with God in the flesh at the same time. You're going to have to forsake one or the other. You're going to have to. Now, in the Christian's case, he would need to forsake the flesh. Amen. Now, you can't lose a hold on the flesh, but God can't. You can't, but God can't. God's going to know how to snap you right back in place. You know what I do? That your spirit's perfect. Your spirit and your soul are perfect. That's what goes to heaven. If you die right now, you drop dead today, Brother Davis, your spirit and soul go to be with the Lord. You'd be entering into a new body before you even knew you were there. You had a new body. You know everything that's going on. Your body would be in the funeral home somewhere. Maybe you'd be patterning it up, getting ready for display, like you would a like you would a new boat or something. Tank you up, put you in a used boat. Put you up in the coffin, everybody walks by and right, oh, don't he look natural? You lying, you're lying through your ears. Uh, there's no corpse looks natural. That's right. They look just like what they are. They're an empty shell. That's, That's all right. they are. That's right. Now, your, yours or mine, I don't make a lot of people's, people that are lying, in, their bodies lying in the state. That's all it is. That spirit's been gone. And so, it's either went down or it's went up, one or the other. That's true. Amen. Yep. That happens. You can't, you can't keep it from not happening. But, uh, in this flesh, you can't walk with God and, and, and at the same time walk in the Spirit. You can't do it. Even if you want to walk in the Spirit, the Bible says you're not fulfilled the lust of the flesh. So you need to learn how to walk in the Spirit, this book right here. Take it to heart, the Word of God. And do everything you can to do what God tells you to do. I don't care whether you feel like doing it or not. If you don't feel like doing it, you know that's your flesh acting up. You know, your flesh your flesh can, can, can turn up with a headache anytime it wants to. You say, oh, I think I'll go to church. It's a headache. Well, you go to work and make your living, wouldn't you? Huh? I tell you, I, I did as much or more for the Lord than I did for Ford. Amen. Amen. That's exactly right. I've drug in at home many times, wore, plumbed, dog tarred out, and I managed to grab me a salmon, swallow it, jump in the shower, clean it up, and come to the house of God. Well, I had to. I was a pastor. <laughs> but I did when I was a layman, too. I did. You can ask Brother McGowan, the old pastor I saved under called Preacher. He moved to Alley Baptist Temple. 
And then Ted Mock, he's dead, and I was under him over here at Grace back in 78, about a year, year and a half. And then the Lord called me to start this work. Amen? In Matthew 6, verse 24, along that line of thought there on that point, uh, the Bible says no man can serve two masters. You're either, you're either a servant to the Lord or you're a servant to the flesh. One or the other. One or the other. Servant to the devil. No man can serve two masters. Now here's the key to it right here. He said on the same, that same verse it says, you cannot serve God and mammon. And mammon in the 1828 Webster's Dictionary means it's defined as riches and wealth. And a lot of people start working on Sundays because they want that big paycheck. Honey, I turned down a blue sea in Sundays. I never did a work. I never did a court. I never did. Well, I was a utility man or a fireman inspector. All the quality jobs, really good paying jobs at board. And I was all, all of them for years. And when I was a, a repairman, we always worked Saturday to repair the old jobs out in the shop. We call. We'd go out there and repair them, get them back on the line, get them ready to paint. We get heavy trucks. I worked in 18 wheelers. And one, one uh, Saturday, me and two buddies and I was sitting outside on the curb in the back of the uh, Ford uh, uh, eating our sandwich and making us a cup of coffee. And, and here comes the general for me. He said, you all want to work tomorrow? And of course, they shot their hand. Said, yeah, buddy, I'll work Sunday. Double time, double time and a half. I said, he said, what about you, Arvin? He knew me. I said, yeah, I might do it again. Put me down. My God. But he was like a, a cliff fell on me. He didn't get halfway across that lot. I said, hey! He said, yeah. I said, I, I can't work. He said, I was wondering why you were working. He knew me. He knew I was a man of God. I was a Christian. That's before I started pastoring. I was, a, I was still preaching a little bit here and there. But I didn't ever work Sunday. I know a lot of them work Sunday. Claim to be good Christian people. They knew they shouldn't have been working. They should have been in the house of God. Am I right? Yes. In all things whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all unto the glory of God. How can you go work on the Lord's day that God has set aside for himself and do it for the glory of God? Can't do it, can you? That's part of preaching that. Buddy, I'll tell you right now, I skinned the bark off of you that right there. I tell you, you get the bark off, you see what tree is. You look at see the grain in it. You get the bark off, you can see the grain in you. Till you got proper grain or not, spiritual grain. Come on, look up here at me. Amen. That's good preaching. With the God I have preaching, preaching to me like that. Amen. All right, let me say, let me go on. I've got two more points here and I'll be done. Number two, when we're in agreement with the Lord above, it's then that we learn the true meaning of God's love. God's love. Amen. Now, the end, there is a way to seem right unto a man, but the end, there are the ways of death. God's way is the best way of doing things. It's the only way, really. It's the only way. Just serving God. Listen to good Bible teaching. We got, I think we got two of the best, uh, two or three of the best adult teachers here that you'll find in any church around this country. Amen. They're good enough that I believe I'll let them get up here on my podium while I'm gone to preach for me. I guarantee they are. They're good. They've been done for years. My God. Mike, you've been preaching, uh, teaching for, and preaching too. He pastored a church once. And uh, what, 24 years? 24 and a half years, something like that. Yeah. Uh, Travis has been doing the same thing. He's working He's working today, though. He is working today. Now he's working, they make him. Now, I ain't going to say a word about that. But they make him work. It's different when I work. 
You can tell them back then that I'm a Christian. I don't worry that much in the world. Can't do that now. The devil's got a bigger grip on the earth and the world right now than he had way back there. Well, can't you tell that? Look at that news. Look at that. I ain't going to get on that. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get in the flesh. I don't want to get on that. I'll get too mean. Too mad. Amen. Praise the name. Oh, my God. My God. That's why it's like that right now. Our government. As the government goes, so goes everything else. Amen. Pitiful land. Sad. Amen. Let me read that again to you. When we're in agreement with the Lord above, it's then that we learn the true meaning of God's love. And you know, you got the love of God. That's the strongest thing in the world. That's the strongest thing in the entire universe. And God, and God fills the entire universe. Did you know that? He sits up yonder in his, on his throne in the third heaven with his legs stretched out using the earth for a footstool. He fills it all with his presence. And his love is the strongest thing there is. It's the strongest binding there is that you can bind the person's feelings with and their heart with. It's the love of God. I'm going to try to, that's a hard thing to illustrate God. I can illustrate your love my love. You know, human love. Amen. But it's a different kind of love of God. It's the A-G-A-P, agape. That's a God love. What that agape love means, it's a love that's given to you that's not asking anything in return. That's God love. Now, when we love somebody, we expect to come back to love, don't we? Yeah, you do. I just love you. I want you to come on and eat supper with me tomorrow night, and then, then maybe you can have me on your house later on. That's not that's the way humans live, ain't it? Come on, my God, y'all. Shout a little bit every once in a while. Amen. That helps the preacher preach if you'll do that. Amen. In Song of Solomon, listen to this. I, I've, got, I've got a scripture here on that God, godly love that is strong. Song of Solomon 8, verse 6. The Bible says, For love is as strong as death. Mm-hmm. Now, the Bible says that the point of the man wants to die. That this is the judgment. Also, it says that, that uh, about death, that no man hath power to retain the spirit. It's the whole spirit power. Mm-hmm. To retain the spirit in the day of death. You can't hold that spirit back. You can't say, no, nah, no, I've had a preacher. No, preacher, I told you I'm coming to church. My God, you'll be, you'll be wishing you had if you died without the Lord today. Right. You'll be wishing you'd have grew up in church and stayed in it and loved God and served God. Yep. He's the only one worth serving in this entire universe. Right. Man, so do what he is. Yeah. Amen. That's right. I love the Lord. Amen. But it's as strong as dead. How do you, how do you define that? As strong as dead. Are strong as death. Well, I can give you like a human love. I show you how, how strong human love is. You meet that girl that you just fall in love with. Now, if you marry her because of her looks, you might be fool. Love. Her demeanor might not might not live up to her looks. You better make sure you got it in here for her. All right, brother. You lived a while, you know that. And when you're young, you think, "Oh, she's pretty. I'm gonna marry her. She's beautiful. I'm gonna marry her." You might marry a hellcat and not even know it. <laughs> you might marry her, but she might not marry you. See, you, you, you know, when you mix the water up and lay brick with you gotta get the right amount of sand and the right <laughs> that'd be a four illustration that work on that. The right amount of sand. I think it's uh, a one, uh, two sand and one sand. I think it is. Or three sand and two sand. That'll work right there. That'll make a good mortar. And it'll hold the brick together. Now you need a good mortar to hold your love. 
Jesus said that 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 that, that, that word about he when he'll see you together, you'll stay together. Yep. I'm telling you right now. But think about that love that you have for that wife or that husband. You don't you've never seen before, but you meet them and you start talking to them and you feel something for them in your heart. You start seeing them and, and meeting with them, you know, and having not having relations with them, but just having relations as to you. you Talk to them and tell them, you know, and uh, you become and you become uh, concerned about her. She becomes concerned about you. And after a little while, you just so in love, you just got to have her with you uh, as your wife. And you ask her to marry. She says, "Yeah." You all marry, and you start keeping house. You have children. And look at me. I've got three children, nineteen grandchildren, and we've been together fifty-four years. And I love my wife as much or more right now than I did the day I met her. Amen. Praise the Lord. Probably love her more. Because we're saved now. I wasn't saved when, I got, when I met, she and I wasn't saved. Right. We were married six years before we got saved. Yeah. Amen. Am I getting the cross to you? Yes. Now, that's strong, isn't it? Yeah. Doesn't take a mortal man and have, have something uh, called love to come over him and her and she, and you get married and you raise a family and you love that family. I, I, like I love my family so much. And you're together 54 years later. You haven't broke up. My God, some of them have been divorced five times with them. Am I right? It's happened in my family. Well, it's part of some of yours. Yes. Divorce. I hate it. It's like a death thing. Yep. It's like a death in the family. You don't see them anymore, do you? No. Got a daughter-in-law. You just thought the world loved it, and all of a sudden they're divorced. He's gone. You don't see her again. Or a son-in-law. Same one. Don't. And that's the way it happens. Yes, sir. It's just like a death, isn't it? You say, "Well, I miss her. I miss him." How many of y'all can relate with that? I miss him. I miss her. I, do. I love them. I did. Why did that happen? It does. I don't like it, but it does happen. It happens. It's a human flesh, though. I'm going to tell you something. When that happens, you ain't saved. When that happens, you, you can't relate with what you ought to be relating with. And the flesh just takes over and just does you any way it wants to. It travels you in the ground. You get saved in the Spirit of God in you. It's completely different, isn't it? Your love starts with one another. Am I right? Yeah. I'm preaching truth to you. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be mean with anybody. I'm just showing you what we're looking at. If you're in agreement with God, buddy, you can walk with him. You're not in agreement with him. You can't walk with him. You put it on. You put on the dog, you know. You can do that for a little while. It ain't going to last long. But when you're truly in agreement with the Lord, you're sealed up with Jesus. You're walking with him and standing in his book, living for God. Not coming in that door back there. Oh, wow. I have a guy that used to be in my church years ago. He'd come in and say, how you doing that? Well, I'm here, ain't I? And I just soon turn right back around and back home. Yeah. That's a bad spirit coming to church like that. Yep. I'm here, man. Yep. Oh, I said, well, all right. I just run a little bit. You know what I say? I'm here, man. And, uh, what if I come to church and, how you doing, preacher? Well, I'm here, man. <laughs> Boy, you'd really be looking forward to my preaching, wouldn't you? Uh, well, what do you think a preacher feels like when the congregation does him like that? It's tit for tat. That's right. Jesus said, in as much as you've done to the least of these, my brethren, you've done nothing to me. He also says it's a righteous act of God, a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. That's right. It's a righteous act of God to bring trouble upon you. You've troubled the preacher, you've troubled one another. It's a righteous act of God. And I've seen that happen right here in this church. Yeah. I've seen it happen, buddy. I've seen people even die because of their actions toward the man of God. In my lifetime, I have. I have seen it happen. God kills people. How do you think you're going to die? You're going to spare up and fall from the sky unless God allows it to fall. You get 
ready to die at your time. It's appointed unto man once to die. You've got an appointment with death. He ain't going to change it. You're going to die on that appointment. God doesn't change it. Any more than he'll change He's coming back for us. He said that he that will come will come and will not tarry. That means to put it off. Tarry means to put it off. God does things when it's supposed to be done. That's right. So your appointment with death is going to happen. Whenever that is. It might be 90 years old. It might be tomorrow. Or mine too. We don't know, do we? That's why it pays to be right with God. Pays to be saved, number one, for sure. But then it pays to be walking with God. You won't have to answer for things at the judgment seat of Christ one day. But the Bible says all those Christians are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, giving account of the things done in our spirit and our body. Right. Now, you're already in heaven, so you don't have to worry about going to hell there. That's for the Christian. For the lost and hell bound is white throne judgment. That's where they're going to be. We're not going to be there, thank God. I hope there's nobody here that's going to be there. You ain't tough enough to endure that. White throne judgment. Don't think you are. You're not. You're going to burn forever and ever and ever and ever and even forever. No end to it. It's going to happen. I promise you. Just as sure as it's going to get dark again this evening. The light's going to leave. Hell's going to be real to people one day. They're right here. They're here today and they're lost. Right here, right now. Amen. Number three. This is my last point of the message. When we agree with God on the issues of life, we'll be free from all the worry. And strives. That's right. When you agree with God. Amen. I wonder, I wonder from the bottom of your heart today, are you in total agreement with what I preached today from this book? And I backed it up. The Bible said, let every word be established by two or more witnesses. That's scripture on that part. Now I'll give scripture back up what I, what I said. If you preach without scripture, it's dangerous to get up and tell a bunch of stories. I've seen preachers do it. never use a Bible. never quote a scripture or nothing. That's not real Bible preaching. Right. Nope. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's probably for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Amen. I settled that, doesn't it, brother? Amen. Amen. But are you in agreement with what I preached this morning? Don't raise your hand. Just ask yourself a question. Are you in agreement? Amen. Think about that. Job 32 verse 8 says, But there is a spirit in man, and the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. To agree with the Savior of all mankind is worth more to us than all the riches we may find. In this weary old world we live in today, for this world that we live in will soon fade away. Father, Thank you for the message, Lord. Thank you for your presence this morning here in the house of God. We pray that your people have gotten some things today that will help them in the days ahead. And Lord, if there's one here that's lost and don't know for sure they're saved in their heart, let them see their needs come to the altar. And we'll sure pray with them and get that taken care of today before they leave here. And we'll bless you and praise you and give you all the glory for the entire outcome of it. In Jesus' name we pray and ask you. Amen and amen. Let's all stand. Please give me a hymn. What number, Mike? 281 and you're ready. 281, you read him though.